Blimey. This is one out of a jam jar, you got here. The House of Mystery contains demons, angels, elementals, magicians, wizards, apparitions, adult language, and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not enter the House of Mystery. All right, then. All right, welcome everyone to the House of Mystery, the John Constantine and Friends podcast. I am Michael Flores, your host and the owner of the House of Mystery. It does my bidding. It does what I tell it to do. And I apologize, House of Mystery. I don't know your preferred pronoun, so I'm just going to say it. (laughs) And of course, the gentleman laughing is the demon bisexual butler and co-host. Hello, David. How's it going, sir? At least, at least anyways, you know, you could probably talk to the House of Mystery's cousin, which is Danny on the street. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Hey, Danny. And maybe Danny would actually be nice to, you know, work alongside you besides the, and get the House of Mystery in order. Yeah. I hear that his friends tend to walk all over him. (laughs) Oh, Oh. Terrible joke, Dave. It is a terrible, terrible joke. All right. So today we're going to be continuing our discussion on Swamp Thing, the 2021 run, of course, published by DC Comics and written by the wonderful and lovable Ram V with art from Mike Perkins. I have to say, Dave, I fucking love Mike Perkins. Mike Mike Perkinson's work. On Swamp Thing so far. Dude, his visuals are absolutely breathtaking. Oh, they fit perfectly in the world of Swamp Thing. I could not be happier. I mean, the cut co- the chosen color palette, it resembles a night that you know how you have those dull saturations in the 1970s uh B films? Yeah. And some of the exploitation films of the 60s and 70s. Where you have hyper colors and stuff like that. That's what they're doing. Yes. I love it, Dave. Well, and I did not expect to like it as much as I am. I love the choice of his his symbolism and his art, especially when in the very first beginning of the issue, you have that, that one panel where uh, Levi is on the ground and he has like almost, he drew like, the tree branch growing from Levi's stomach to the tree, like an umbilical cord. Yeah. And I'm like, going, so good. it's really cool. And then you have in the, there's so much thought that's going into that's every going single on. panel. It's like a psychedelic trip in the very beginning. It really you, is. You start, you start the entire issue seeing everything through Levi's eyes. And it's a trip because he's all he's seeing is green, green. And it's like this really smart, artistic and narrative way of hammering home. This is a story of the green of, of what not just swamp thing as a character or entity, but the world that he's in, which is the green. And to start off with, with the entire issue of Levi coming through and being birthed essentially. What a great metaphor. And I was like going, that was actually a really cool, cool panel. Yeah. The art in this one took up a notch from from uh, from the first issue, in my opinion, because we got more horror vibes. We got more horror vibes yeah. and we got more symbolism to kind of like go along with Ram V's uh, narrative mm-hmm. and the way he writes. And 
definitely in this issue, the art is what really picked up the pace for me. Well, I feel like it helps with Ram V's subtle approach to writing. And I, I saw someone else describe his writing this way, and it made perfect sense because I was trying to find a word or a phrase for how Ram V writes. And there was a site that published a review on, I believe, the first issue. They found such a beautiful way to just define Ram V's writing. And all they said was he has a mysterious quiet voice it's quiet writing it's subtle is what they're essentially saying and i would agree ram v has this brilliant narrative voice it's subtle it's not a lot of flashy explosions it's not a lot of bright colors it's what it needs to be sure there are bright colors and sure there are some explosions literally but it's only used when it needs to be this is a small scale story told via, I want to say through a lens of folklore, you have the meshing of belief with what is actually happening, uh, what is happening to this character Levi, and the writing all works together to help distinguish this character's identity as Swamp Thing. Yeah. Without, you know hammering home hey look at alec holland this isn't him but he's still around and his legacy is obviously there as we find out at the end of issue yes. two. Oh yeah so i do like everything that happened in this story it was relatively simple the second issue it felt like almost like a denouma um you know which is basically the closing of a story the way you bring everything to a conclusion yes basically the ending of the third act let's say the last 10 minutes that's probably the best way to explain it for a feature film so there wasn't a lot of new ideas i want to say expressed it was a lot of just continuation and bringing the story to a conclusion which was surprising yes we know that this is a 10-part series but this did feel like the ending of the first story. And it did take me by surprise that they finished with just two issues, this opening, I guess, origin story of sorts. Yeah. Because like in this particular issue, I just found a lot of the same elements like you, you mentioned that we already had in the very, very first issue continuing and then coming to, to not just a conclusion, but it just seemed like in this second issue, Ram V want to focus more on the little details at this point. You know, like I appreciate the fact that while we got the pale wanderer again, we got more details in him before they wrap him up. And I was really surprised that basically, so wait a minute, Levi after issue number two has just defeated the pale wanderer or yeah, the pale wanderer just, in his first, like, uh, first appearance or first yeah. control of being Swamp Thing. And that was a little hard for me to swallow. I agree. There was some issues I had with the second issue because it wasn't. I, I Okay. So the problems I had probably has everything to do with the fact that this story wrapped up in two issues. In two issues. And yes, I, I'm sh- I know we're going to get eight more issues and they set the groundwork for another round of the stories with the whole uh, what, Sunderland 
Yes. And Alec Holland aspect. Yes, I get that. They're setting up for another story, but you're right. With the Pell Wonder being wrapped up so quickly and then Swamp Thing suddenly, or I should say Levi, suddenly understanding how to control Swamp Thing, but also not really giving us any answers as to why he transforms differently than Alec Holland. I feel like it's a lot, a lot of confusion and a lot of murkiness and it's unnecessary. Yeah, and just, I, I I understand he's going for that mystery vibe, but if you're going to suddenly go from hey I don't know what's happening to me in the same issue, so Levi goes from not knowing what's happening to himself, thinking it's a dream, to suddenly understanding what he needs to do in a panel, in a panel, and he then defeats the villain by having full control of the green. The green. I feel like we missed a step. Yeah, because like. So the one thing that I still am, I'm still drawn in is the mystery of like, okay, they've now alluded that basically Levi has sim uh, is Levi's origin is similar to Alec Holland. Is it because he he meant uh, because the pale wanderer is the one that mentions you know where's your flesh and bone where's this where's this alluding to the fact that basically just like Alec Holland remember Alec Holland's dead. Swamp Thing was birthed from his remains. So are we going to Levi down, isn't dead. Yeah. Are we going into the route that something happened to Levi? He might not be dead, but the his his actual physical body might be somewhere else. Okay, so I have a question for you, Dave. And yes, his physical body's in New York, Dave. That's why it's confusing. Exactly. I understand he goes into the fucking park and instead of getting uh, blowjobs from the gay community, like most <laughs> respectable men do, he goes inside of trees. He goes inside of trees. <laughs> and then he trans, you know, ports himself to Arizona. I like that. That's cool. But in an issue where you have a character that doesn't know what's happening to him. Yeah. To then understanding how to control it. But then you also don't give us any answers pertaining to how he becomes Swamp Thing, nor do you give us any illusions other than reaffirming something we already know about the brother and how the brother is somehow involved in whatever evil or whatever power was unleashed in India, in the jungles of India or yes. the swamps of, of India. I okay, I like that. Thank you for re, re, reiterating that aspect. But also, I feel like there should have been with the conclusion of this first story and with the idea that Levi understands for the most part that he's doing this, that this isn't a dream. We should have also had answers come with those resolves. Yes. Or I should say with those reveals. The easiest thing that I could have uh, that I would have even swallowed even better is Levi not getting control of the green, but at least the reason why he defeats the pale wanderer is because the green just lashes out. It's it's strange, Dave, because typically when you write, um, as you drop nuggets and you go through your plot within each plot point, you should have reveals. Yeah. And what we got was plot progression, but not, any reveals and that's what feels the most uncomfortable for me when reading this because i don't have a problem if your story if this immediate story the what was it called the becoming yes 
if becoming ends in two parts, then okay. But we should have been given a bit more in the way of the folklore aspect. I I feel like we kind of dropped the ball. And yes, of course, they're going to do it later. And if they end up retrospectively, let's say issue three, issue four, they go back and make this issue feel a little bit neater, uh, then Okay, fine. But as of right now, it feels a little uncomfortable because we're dealing with something entirely new. And instead of giving us answers, you give us a resolve to a story with no answers, no answers You and and a story without giving us actual answers. And then and on top of that, your reveals have had nothing to do. While I, I I love the reveals in the end, I love seeing Batman and I love seeing, you know, the whole mysterious Sunderland project with the, the Holland phenomena happening. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that. I like those. Mm -hmm. However, those were your two reveals in the very end that had nothing to do with the becoming. Yeah. actual narrative that we were being given now i will i agree 100 percent. now i will say that those reveals were needed as well for a few reasons number one i felt like i want to say halfway through issue two when he became a giant tree from india yes and he essentially locked away the pale wanderer yeah which was badass the tree was all over the news before this story worked because they were in remote parts of the world. And I'm like, okay, so the bigger world, meaning the superhero hierarchy, yes. would not really know what's happening. What's happening. But now you have this thing on the news. And suddenly no one responds. We don't have any people within the world of magic trying to figure out what's happening. So it started to make me feel like possibly we're not even in the regular DC universe or the standard DC continuity, because wouldn't there be other people popping in? It would make perfect sense in a world of superheroes that someone else would go find out what the fuck just happened in bumfuck Arizona. Yeah. Because like everyone, all the superhero community would know swamp thing. Right. So and that's the, why I did appreciate, I did appreciate the Batman scene for the entire thing. Exactly. I know that there was, I know that there was fans out there. Oh my God, Batman's coming in. Oh, why does it have to be Batman? And I'm like, like, you know what? This is one time I'm going to say, yeah, Batman would probably be the one to actually answer this because number one, narratively two, in regards to the mythos of Swamp Thing, this was a cool callback to the original run in Swamp Thing when Swamp Thing took over Gotham and Batman yeah. basically tells him in the very end that basically, if you do this again, I'm going to find you and I'm going to kill you. Fuck Batman, David. <laughs> but, but I don't think Batman should have been included. It's not my story. As a writing decision, it works fine. Now, as a critic, it's fine. As a fan, I'm like, why? Because he's that the- character should have been Constantine. It should have been Constantine I know, watching I know. what's happening on the news. <laughs> I, I know. I know. That, I have the would same have, thing. that would have made way more sense. Now, that being said, that's from the perspective of a fan. Of a fan. Now, from a yes. critical standpoint, it does work. It also goes right back to what you said, David, because I agree. The fact that we in issue two see this giant tree pop out of nowhere and it's all over the news and not one superhero responds to what's happening 
you are going to feel like we're not really in the regular DC world. What's happening? So having Batman pop up at the end, as well as the Alec Holland initiative, whatever that was. The phenomena. Phenomenon. Yeah. The Alec Holland phenomenon. Suddenly you're like, okay, we're in the same universe. People are aware of what's happening. So that part worked. Absolutely. I just, you know, from a fan standpoint, I'm like, really? Fucking Batman. Batman has 75 titles a fucking month. Do we really need another Batman story? I know. I agree with you 100%. But critically, I will say that Batman's the character that they had to use because it would make sense then. Okay, now everyone in the superhero community obviously knows because if Batman knows, everybody freaking knows at that point. Yeah, well, and that then, depends. Off, and if Batman feels necessary to tell people. Tell people. <laughs> if I he doesn't know, want to Dave, be an asshole. I just don't feel like, again, I'm, t- I'm speaking way ahead here Although, because we don't know what his point's going to be, but I just think in a, in a time where all we do is get Batman, we get yeah. Batman, you know, I feel like DC on the regular tells me to grab my ankles and they shove Batman up my asshole like all the time, David. And there's only so much Batman I can take in my ass at one time. Okay? I'm going to, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw this little monkey wrench into the John Constantine idea. Well, because I would love John Constantine to be in this, this series. Absolutely. However, after thinking about it, especially after reading the second issue, a giant tree shows up on the news, makes big deals. If John were to actually see this in the news, I was like, going, I can't really see him caring. <laughs> it would be like, oh, okay. The big green oaf is in play again. Okay. Whatever. Deuces. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, Dave. We'll see how that pans out. It didn't ruin the story for me, but I do feel like something was lost I feel like issue one was really strong well, and especially really set the table. They introduced the Pale Wanderer so awesome. The Pale Wanderer was such a, a unique way to express the idea of the, but what is it? The Not the, not the green. The, um, the rot. The rot. I mean, it was such a great way to bring that into play. Um, the idea of folklore and possibly levi having some connection to the green that actually doesn't have to do with dying yeah but possibly his family has some legacy that's connected to the green yes that's what it's starting to feel like right yeah so i like that and the way they set that up in issue one there was so much mystery going on but then in issue two it feels like ram v undoes some of the work that he did in the first issue strips away the mystery uh, it reduces characters to ideas uh, rather than truly being a part of humanity which is the most interesting part about levi they even use it the pale wonder even says that you need to let go of your humanity humanity but it's just a statement is not really in the story his humanity isn't really on display now yes. if you look at Future State as a way to contrast the two, or I should say compare the two, Future State Swamp Thing, you want to see humanity put on display. Those two issues do exactly that. This attempts to do the same thing, but rather than putting it on display, they're just telling us. Well, especially since Levi, while I like the character of Levi, Levi doesn't have anything 
anything negative to him to kind of say, oh, this is his humanity. You know what I mean? And also, who cares about Levi as well? Like, what's the story going on with him? How have we not? I feel like it's issue two. And all we've seen Levi is in an apartment with some lame girlfriend. Yeah. He's in an apartment and then he goes to the park and then he's in the desert. And we don't know anything about Levi. We're two issues in and we know dick about Levi. About Levi. David, tell me what we know about Levi, just so we can prove our point here. Uh, Levi lives in New York. He basically has a live-in girlfriend. They live in an apartment. He likes going out for walks. (laughs) In the park. In the park. And at most, he's experiencing these weird nightmares and that's it. But we don't know anything about him. About him. Exactly. He is really. So it may sound like I'm getting angry. I'm not. I'm just a passionate talker. That's how I I talk on shows when I'm trying to stress a point. I did not hate this issue. No. I just feel like the brilliance of issue one was a bit tarnished with the second issue. It's not bad, but it does undo some of the really cool ideas that he put in the first issue and i'm a little baffled because everything we've read from ram v so far he doesn't do these types of things yeah it, it might have been a little bit of a mistake here in issue two that's what uh, maybe uh, a, I fluke, a, a fluke bad decision on ram's part I, i'm not sure I, that's what i'm hoping it's not because like to me now i'm basically saying okay if you gave us this in two issues and it was good it was good stuff now it's for me it's like a preview okay maybe maybe ram v was actually saying this is a preview of what's to come david the preview was future state that was the true preview of his storytelling skills when it comes to swamp thing no that's true but i get your point but i think you're trying to give ram v the benefit of the doubt and I don't know, and this is not me being a douche, just me being a critic. No, no, I don't absolutely. know if he deserves the benefit of the doubt. That's the problem. I feel like we should call <laughs> it out. The decision he made to undo some of the greatness pertaining to mystery and the setup of the first issue is not a great call with what he did for issue two. It, it just undoes a lot of it. Yeah. Now, I will say this, Dave. It does seem like he might be doing what you had mentioned, I want to say in our last discussion, that connection to future state, that we may in fact be seeing the initial stages to that potential future. I believe you mentioned that possibly Levi was the swamp thing in future state. We had all assumed it was Alec Holland. Exactly. But I'm wondering if it is actually Levi, Levi. especially with Swamp Thing's new ability to create life. It feels like it's something more or less that Levi would do. Yeah. Okay, because of his odd powers that he obviously has. But when he says, when all things have crumbled, there will always be hope. Hope. It feels like they're talking about future state. When all things have crumbled, there will always be hope. hope. That was pretty much the idea of future state. Yeah, because as everyone knows, at the end of future state... While it was really bleak, Swamp Thing was still able to save the day. And humanity ended up getting saved by growing under a gigantic tree. So there's a lot of elements here that just that 
says that Ram V is using this story as the lead up to what honestly is his climax future states the climax it, it does seem like that especially with the if you're paying attention to some of the uh, the narrative and the way of di- the actual dialogue itself i should say there are certain hints that this is probably the swamp thing from future state yes especially with that tree at the end <laughs> that the end. massive tree he created because you know? there's the there's that tie that i that i mentioned is like he was able to create a gigantic tree very similar now the tree he created in future state was gigantic to the point that it could cover up the sky and protect an entire city but, but that's also years and years, years and years and years and years, and years, and years, and years of mastering the power right? exactly yeah here we get to see it maybe in a smaller scale and while it might be impressive right now, the entire series, we're going to see him get more powerful and more powerful and more powerful, which is going to be interesting because like for me, Swamp Thing's power set has always been kind of strange. It can either be very mediocre to godlike. And I'm hoping that Ram V goes for the godlike mode which what which is what he did in uh in future state because what what swamp thing was able to pull off i don't think it has been seen in dc comics where basically he has complete control over nature (laughs) over the green that's unheard of because the green even in past swamp thing stories the green is not something that's controlled the green is something that's bestowed upon you the green chooses you. You don't choose the green. Yeah. Ram V instead is basically saying, no, 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 no. Levi can actually really dominate the green and use it to his own ends. And that is one of the biggest, I want to say, things that are really cool about this story so far is that we have that mystery. And I'm glad we didn't get that complete reveal on why this is different, why this Swamp Thing's different, why Levi interacts with the green completely different different than Alec Holland. I'm okay that he didn't answer those. So I do feel like Ram V and Perkins are doing really great things overall with this story. Uh, They do need to get out of their own way just a bit. This issue proves that they got in their own way. Mm -hmm. They need to just continue without trying to overcomplicate things in a way that's not needed because in the end it does hurt this issue. So on that note, Dave, I am excited about the series still. Yeah. This isn't a bad issue. No. It just feels like a couple steps back that they've taken. But overall, the issue is still strong. I would give this a 78, maybe a 79% on the RMD score. You know, let me just say 78, 78%. The art is just some of the best. (laughs) Some of the best. Some of the best. I love reading this comic and you have to have the physical copy. If you're not reading the physical copy, you are missing out because it's a completely different experience. I pull up the digital version when I do show notes and when I actually read it, the issue for the first time I read the physical version and do the experiences like night and day. Oh, absolutely. You got to have that physical copy, especially when you're reading these types of stories, these stories that feel small in scale because Ram V just writes. That's not a bad thing. He writes in a very independent film 
that that's my thing is film. So that's how I'm going to compare it. Uh, he, he writes a lot like an independent film writer. He does small stories, yeah. a lot of character, a lot of heart, a lot of meaning. So I'm a big fan of his work and I feel bad, you know, being a little bit critical on this because I'm a fan of his work, but Hey, listen, it it happens, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because like, unfortunately, while we, I know we gave really good scores of the first issue. Now it's a question of how can he continue it on? Remember in the last issue that we covered, I said, it, this is really interesting. I want to see where Ram V goes with this and if he could, could carry on his momentum. And and that hasn't changed. And that hasn't changed, but it's interesting narrative narrative wise. He cuts his momentum off so quickly. He, yeah. And I was like going, you had so much momentum with the villain that you introduced. What are you going to do? So what's the, what is the ultimate game plan here now? Because now you're back to square one. Yeah, Dave. And essentially the next issue that we're going to get, which is issue three, is issue one. <laughs> because yeah, I, I feel like he got to his next story a little too fast. Yeah. I, I, and bottom line, it. And we should have had one more issue for Becoming. Absolutely. I think that he should have actually taken his time with it done a little bit more, done a little bit more explaining and fleshing out of Levi, because while I've been critical in this episode about Levi himself, I actually like the character. I like the fact that he's, he's one of those down to earth characters that's caught in the middle of something he doesn't understand, right? Because he seems so relatable and he, because he seems so realistic as a person, he's just a regular dude. He's a regular dude. Yeah. And I really have enjoyed that. However, what what I really was hoping for in this issue was now let's get to know the person. Let's get to know the person behind it, Levi. Let's get to know everything. That's what issue two should have been. It yes. should have been about Levi and unraveling the mystery of his family and what his exactly. family's connection is to this, to the green. That's not all the answers, but it should have been a deep dive into sorting through some of those facts. And then issue three could have been the the payoff with the pale wanderer story. Yeah. You know, I mean, because I loved the pale wanderer trying to train the green and bring him (laughs) up under his, you know, under his tutelage, you know, doing things as he does them. I like that. But again, it felt like an afterthought that should have been part of. Dave, that should have been part of issue two if issue two was written about Levi and exploring the roots of his family, the origins of his family and the green, along with a parallel story of him alongside the rot, the rot and and then connect that to their origins. That would have been a such uh, so much that would have been a better way of doing this story. So hopefully, you know, this itself i have a feeling it will ramsey yeah. doesn't make these types of mistakes often so dave give me your uh, final thoughts and rmd score my final thoughts on this issue it is not a bad issue as much as we've been critical about it i think it's a very good issue um my my rayman score for it is a 75 which isn't bad it's not like oh my god terrible it's not in the 50s or the 60s this is an okay issue I just wish that Ram V would have taken his time more with it, especially with the the little details I really enjoyed out of this 
issue just on on a side note the uh i keep harping uh harping about the pale wanderer dude he's actually turned into one of the most interesting characters i wish i could have seen more of because just simply throwing in things like his his blood is the crude uh, oil crude of the earth and his eyes are the are gold are nuggets. gold nuggets it's so good he didn't even throw that in the first issue because i have to check this he didn't which i thought that was also a bit of a a bit of a mistake it was a bit of a mistake because yeah. i'm like going why didn't you throw that into the into the beginning because it would have been so cool finding out oh his eyes are gold nuggets so he's more of the earth than anything <laughs> and, and i'm like going it's it's just a, as a fan, you, I understand that we want more. But our reviews aren't about uh, what fans want. It's about we we always go through these things from a critical a eye. Critical eye, you yeah. know. So overall, seventy five, still a good start. I'm excited to see where he goes with it and issue three because I'm treating issue three now as it's the beginning. It's issue one. Oh, now at this point. it's a bit of a stumble. You know, issue two, just because of everything we've read from Ram V recently, Justice League Dark, we've been, we just gave Future State, what, 90 plus percent on the RMD score. <laughs> Pretty we much. blew the fuck out of Swamp Thing Future State. I, Ram V is doing a great job. So I'm, I'm, you know what? I feel a little disappointed. I think that's, as a fan, I'm a little disappointed that, you know, we went from, in my opinion, some of the best written comic books of the last couple of years to mediocrity. It's yeah. mediocrity. Yeah. Just a bit. So hopefully issue three redeems itself. We'll see. I have faith. Ram V has an awesome track record and so does Mike Perkins. So I am not worried. Um, let's see what the critical responses from comic book roundup. It seems like a lot of people are digging the series. Still uh, the first issue, as we had mentioned has an average critic rating of 8.7 uh, issue two, same 8.7 as a critic rating. The user rating is a little lower. It's 8.4. So our rating Dave is actually lower than both lower. critic rating and the average user rating as well. Yeah, and I, I honestly think that that's solely because people are coming off of the hype of what he just set up. And, you know, people are more forgiving right now for Ram V. Well, yeah, absolutely. And and they should be for anything. You know, it's not like he's, you know, bomb Baylor. <laughs> so, all right, Dave, this does bring us to the end of our discussion. I want to thank everyone for listening, and I apologize if you're now mad at us for our thoughts. We're just trying to be honest. And uh, guess what? You can also head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Digital, and pledge uh, $1 a month or $10 for the year, and you will gain access to our pre-show spinoff show titled the oblivion bar where we talk about john constantine prior to our discussions talk about news pertaining to the world of jc as well as jld and swamp thing anything we talk about on this show we pretty much discuss on the oblivion bar in a more casual setting because we're drunk it's the oblivion bar yes exactly and we're having a good time and those shows range anywhere between 10 to 30 minutes. They're shorter broadcasts, typically. 
But yeah, $1, it helps you get more content and it helps us be able to continue to do this. It's really the only way we can stay on the air. We make our money through Patreon. Ad revenue is bullshit. The rise of influencers and brand ambassadors has ruined um, sponsorships in a lot of ways, unless you're a celebrity. So we're stuck with Patreon and we need you, the listener. Thank you. Patreon.com slash Rain Man Digital. Thank you, David. Bye-bye. And may the ghost of our past stick around. I'm waiting for you to say it, Dave. Not me. It's your catchphrase. My name is John Constantine. I'm the one who steps from the shadows, all trench coat and arrogance. I'll drive your demons away, kick them in the bollocks, and spit on them when they're down, leaving only a nod and a wink and a wisecrack. I'll walk my path alone, because let's be honest... Who'd be crazy enough to walk it with me?